Hello, and welcome to Booze in the Bible, a podcast of the sanctuary where we discuss the good book and good booze. And now, here are the hosts of Booze in the Bible, Dan Robb and Mark Wadsworth. Welcome to the Sanctuary Podcast. It's a podcast about booze and the Bible. I'm Dan Robb, the theologian, and he is Mark Wadsworth, the brewmaster. On today's podcast, we are going to ask the troubling question, how can I be acceptable to God? And I'll let you know this, that's a question I struggled with all my life. But let's first check out our booze today. So Mark, I gotta say, that's a crazy looking bottle you got there. It looks like a bottle of champagne, but I don't think it is. (laughs) No, Dan, this is Chimay Red. It's one of the most popular of the Belgian double beer styles. It's a Trappist ale. It's brewed in Belgium at the Trappist Monastery of Scormont. Probably said that wrong. Oh. Scormont Abbey. <laughs> under the supervision of monks. They brewed the first batch of this beer back in 1862. So let me pour you a glass so you can tell us what you think. <laughs> Mark, is it the champagne of beers? <laughs> we probably get sued if we said that. <laughs> right. By a South, a, I think they're South African company now that owns Miller. But oh, wow. anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, I got to say it is one of the better beers, maybe even quite the best beer that I've, I've ever had. Well, if you look at it, you know, we've poured it in a traditional Belgian glass for this style of beer for the double. And it's... You know, you can't see through it. It's a little bit kind of murky looking, mm-hmm. but it's got gray bubbles and it's got this oh, yeah. wonderful little thin film of foam on the top that just caps it off. It's it's great. You know, according to Beer Advocate, this is the sixth best double style beer in the world. Personally, I would rank it in the top three, but you know, what can I say? I love malt, uh, sweet, spicy beers. Mm-hmm. Chimay Red's heavy on the dark fruits with the black cherry, and if you kind of dig in there a little bit and give your taste buds a kick, you might pick out some cola flavor. Oh yeah, some prunes. You know, it's like, oh, prunes. No, it's good. It's <laughs> in a good way, and dark sugar flavors. And also, if you notice, there's this kind of like mineral effervescence to it. It's almost mm-hmm. maybe like. Alka Seltzer, but you know, no, it doesn't. The beer doesn't taste like Alka Seltzer, but you know what I'm talking about. It's right. got that little bit of a of a mineral back flavor to it that actually helps give it this tremendous, amazing mouthfeel, kind of almost like a good, really good red wine has. Mm. Yeah, and the overall bitterness is really, really low, which you know usually opens the door for a high gravity sweet beer to become candy like or you know. Mm. But instead of it being cloying and sticky, uh, the Chimay Red finds its balance with that mineral flavor that we talked about, as well as a really high carbonation level. Mm. And it also has this mild uh, barley roastiness. Mm. Again, you know, I'm, I'm bloviating here, but I think it's a <laughs> superb beer. And when you realize it comes in at a modest 7% alcohol by volume, mm. you can have more than one glass if you want and still be able to stand up and walk. There you go. You know, I I have to make a confession. I I had this beer uh, back in like two thousand seven, 
And it was when I first started getting into beer. And, of course, I knew Sam Adams. And I, <laughs> and I thought I was something else. Uh, I thought I was an expert on that. And I had this beer, and I, I thought, this is terrible. <laughs> and um, It know, doesn't taste like Budweiser. It doesn't taste like Budweiser. Uh. And, you know, over the years, getting exposed to different beers and uh, – my my palate, even though I do still like my Miller Lights, uh, my, <laughs> whatever you want to call that. That's okay. You're still my friend. There you go. Yeah. Thoughts <laughs> and prayers. Uh, but it's just one of those things that, you know, I've expanded a little bit. And in trying it today, it's, it's I was, I guess I was too young, you know, to, when I tried it at first and didn't know enough. And, and now... You know, trying a lot of other things over the years, my palate uh, has increased a little bit. So I appreciate you uh, picking this one. It is a great beer. You know, Mark, that reminds me of a song I love to hate. And by hate, I'm speaking, I'm just joking, you know. I mean, it's, it's a song I grew up hearing every... Every Wednesday night, every Sunday morning, every Sunday night. It's a good song. But it's one of those when a song gets played way too often and it starts coming on the radio and you're, you're doing everything to fumble or on your, on your, you know, to get to your Pandora to just, I, I can't, I can't hear it. I can't do that. You know, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did your church do it's a small world after all? No, just... <laughs> no, no, no. I would have loved for them to have done that. Uh, but it is the song "Just as I Am." Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Great lyrics. I mean, great song. Really awesome message. Really, I mean, it lands the plane. However, though, hearing it, you know, and and then you would all inevitably watch the pastor up there, and you can tell something's happening, and no one's come forward yet. Everyone's standing, looking around. Who's going to be the first one? And he says, "Play that. Play that verse again." And you're like thinking, I just want to go home. <laughs> I really want to get the Golden Corral. <laughs> I just want to get in there. Uh, but I digress. There, There is an important question, the reason why I bring up this. It is a great song. So please uh, send all your hate mail to Mark Wadsworth. <laughs> no, just kidding. No just problem. Kidding. Just kidding. Uh, really, the question is, how can I be acceptable to God? Uh, it is the question that's plagued me throughout my early life. Mark, I don't know about you, but I suspect this question is the reason why so many people eventually leave church. What do you think? Oh, boy. It certainly did a great job of causing me tremendous anxiety when I was young. You know, I really didn't come to grips with what God wants of me until quite late in life, you know, like the last 10 years or so, even less than that. And, you know, there are so many voices out there, there so many opinions and even the ones coming from Christians are sometimes contradictory. So that question of, you know, how how can we be acceptable to God caused me to leave several churches and honestly to eventually turn my back on God for over 30 years because I just, I couldn't figure it out. And no one seemed to have a reasonable answer. Yeah, and, you know, we're all... Let's just be honest here. No one's perfect. We all have our idiosyncrasies, things that are just other people would look at us and go, that's bizarre. Dan, why do you cheer for the New York Giants? And the, <laughs> and the, I almost called them the San Diego Chargers, the L.A. Chargers, oh, you know. Know. And I don't really have a reason uh, other than 
I like the Chargers colors, but you know, you know, I I am kind of being playful with this, but there are things that you know I I find it even in myself. You know, I see my I see my dad and me, and you know I can't help that. But I, I and in knowing that I have to be I have to be careful. Sometimes I have to be really intentional uh, with the things that I do because I know that I'm going to drift off into Tom Rob world. And that's really where I want to go. And, that, and not saying that he was a bad guy. It's just I, there's so much of him in me. And the things that he struggled with, I struggle with. And it's not to say it's the sins of the Father. I'm not going in that direction. I'm just, I'm just saying people need to no, know that no matter what you do, if you believed in Jesus for eternal life, then you're saved. You're secure in him. It does not matter what you do. Now, I'm probably going to get... You know, some people upset with me about what I'm going to say. But again, salvation is based on what he did, not what you do. Absolutely. So could you be gay and be a Christian? Yes. I mean, could you be transgender and be a Christian? Yes. Because it's not based on what you do. Those are things you do, right? Those are lifestyles, right? So it's based on what he did for us. If you believed in him, then you're in the club. And no matter what you do after, sorry, you're still in the club. Exactly. Now, you may have to give an you're, you not, you will have to give an account for the way you live your life. So there's an accountability there, but it is based on what he did. I, I just want to emphasize that because quite often when we get to be fruit inspectors and we pull out our clipboard and we start looking at other people's lives to make ourselves feel better about what, what, the way we're living, we can really forget that one sin is the same as the other. You know, The sins that I have are no different than the sins of this, the guy down the road who's an alcoholic and uh, beats his wife. You know, they're all, Sin is all equal in God's eyes. That has different consequences. Yeah, hey, broken record time here for Mark again. You know, you hear this from me almost every podcast, but I'm telling you, until you understand the difference between salvation and discipleship, you know, it, none of it makes sense. You know, salvation is something that God gives you freely, you know, by belief in Jesus Christ. Discipleship takes work; it's hard work, and you'll get you're going to get judged on how you do with your discipleship. You know, there's this time when you're going to stand before Jesus and he's going to say, Hey, let's look at your life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's got nothing to do. What you do has nothing to do with where you're going to spend eternity, but it has everything to do with how, you know, the quality or what you're going to be doing in eternity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the main point. Um, I was driving through Nashville, going on my way. It was the I 65 going through there, going to college. I know it well. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it was uh, late 90s. I remember seeing a billboard that quoted 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 10. It says, it said, uh, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers or nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And as I read that verse and drove, I thought, wow, 
that's not a good way to win anybody to Christ. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you think that they dropped the nor the self-righteous? Uh, <laughs> right. Just, yeah. just asking. Just asking. And, and the, the irony of it is, is 1 Corinthians is not written to unbelievers. Right. It's written to believers. Yep. And yep. Paul even said to the Corinthian church, had you, had, had you not had such great spiritual gifts, I would know that you're even saved. Uh, because... They were just so worldly. And so this verse is really speaking to, well, really believers. And we know that because it uses the word inherit. Inheritance is what you earn. Entering the kingdom is related to getting saved. So, for example, when the, in the Old Testament, when Joshua and them entered into the promised land, in order for them to get the land, they had their inheritance— what did they have to do? Fight for it. Absolutely. They had to do that. So that's what that's the difference. They could enter into the land. Sure. That was free. You know, God God gave it to them. They could enter into it. But in order for them to possess it, in order for them to enjoy all the fruits, the the land flowing of milk and honey, they had to fight for it. They had to inherit it. And that's the thing with believers is that it's free to get saved. It costs Jesus everything. It costs you nothing to believe in him. But the difference is, is that in order for me to receive eternal rewards, I have to inherit. I have to work for that part. And that's discipleship. I have to learn from Jesus. Uh, there's a, an example here, Matthew 23, verses, uh, verse 13. It says, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, uh, for sh- you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. And the context from here, uh, the context in Matthew is about salvation from hell, whereas the First Corinthians passage is directed to believers. Um, let's see. Mark, why is it so difficult for people to believe God accepts them for who they are? Yeah, Dan, I think it's just human nature is a large part of it. There's something, you know, inside all of us, I think, that has a hard time accepting anything for free. We think there has to be a catch, right? Maybe it's because our experience here on Earth has taught us not to trust free things. You know, you get those phone calls, right, <laughs> saying, oh, you want a free vacation in the Bahamas. Just give us your birthday social security number and all a credit card, and we'll send you all the information. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to do that. So there's a lot of conning that goes on here on earth. You know, we, we hear it, we see it all, all the time. So when someone tells us that God has told us that he loves us and he wants us to come to him just as we are, you know, that song of yours, we have a hard time buying into that. You know, plus, some of us just don't feel right accepting anything for free. We want to work for it. You know, we, we, want, to, we, we want to do something. It's just not right, right? Because right. that's how we are. You know, it's we're supposed to receive unconditional love from our parents. And I think in a lot of ways in the culture that we're in, we seldom receive that. And to understand that God loves us unconditionally, the whole world, each and every individual person, and that he, he loves them so much that he would send his only son to die on a cross for them in order to pay for all the sins that they have, did, and will commit is unbelievable. 
in a lot of ways, and that he doesn't ask anything in return. Now, you know, if you love him, keep his commandments, John fourteen fifteen. But God accepts us for who we are, where we are, the mess we're in, the, you know, just as we are. I know I'm not going to sing the song. I know it's a double <laughs> negative, and it means a positive, but not this time. I don't think people would be just running in terror. But as we've said before, we like to be selective in our judgment of others and, and not to look in the mirror. And, and, and really that's what James, I think it's chapter 1, later on he, he talks about the man that looks in the mirror and sees his face and sees that he's got to make changes but doesn't. You know, Instead he turns away. Um, God lavishes his grace on us and I know for some people with certain theological bents, that's really difficult for them to understand, or they understand it being selective that God does that. But no, he doesn't do it selectively. And I know Paul's point in Romans, I think it was chapter 6, you know, shall we just go ahead and sin because grace may abound? He's right because of what the destructive nature of sin does in our lives. That's his point. Not that, uh, well, if you sin, you're out of the club. You know, oh, you committed that sin? Oh, that's the one that God really doesn't like, you know. But, uh, you know, this gossip over here that I do, that, that's okay. You know, don't, uh, that's a white sin. So, <laughs> whatever. Uh, we're all going to have our proclivities uh, for doing different sins. And it's going to come from, I, I think, I suspect that really a lot of it stems from the way we grew up, the, the inherited beliefs that we have that, uh, that we struggle with. And But God loves us, and he wants to free us from those things. And he has more for us in this life. So, Mark, final thoughts. Oh, God's love is amazing. And it's so vast that we won't understand it. We just won't be able to comprehend it until we're face-to-face with the Lord Jesus. And his grace covers us when we act like bad kids. You know, God tells us that we're his children, and sometimes we act up, right? But we're still his kids. He doesn't disown us, but there's consequences for our bad actions. You know, sometimes these consequences can affect our earthly life. You know, like Dan, you know, we do this podcast on booze in the Bible, and people are thinking, "Oh, yeah, they're over there drinking, you know, five <laughs> gallons of bourbon each time." No, that's not the point. You know, if we continually drink too much, we're going to damage our bodies. Yeah, and you know, we'll damage our relationship with our loved ones here on Earth and our our relationship with God because we're just not. You know, we're we're going to be taken slave by something that. God set us free from. He doesn't want that. You know, so sometimes that those same consequences will affect our life in eternity. If we do things that God doesn't want us to do, we might lose rewards in heaven. You know, God's got an idea of what he wants us to be doing in eternity. And if we don't live up to our part of the bargain, maybe we don't quite get there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't understand all that yet. I'm looking forward to finding out one of these days. But, you know, Hopefully, we'll talk about that in another podcast. But in any case, the main thing is that God is faithful to those who accept his Son as their Savior. And he doesn't take salvation away just because we're bad. You know, he, he, he doesn't do that. He punishes us. You know, he'll punish us here. He'll punish us later, perhaps. But we still have that eternal life. We still have that opportunity to spend eternity with him. And because of that... That love that he shows us ought to motivate us 
to try to do the right thing. You know, we're not always going to do it, but we should at least give it a good college try. And if we fail, we say, God, you know, screwed up again. Um, please let's, uh, let's do this. Guide me, give me some comfort, give me some strength and show me how to set me on the right path. Mark, that is great that you said maybe do this in another podcast because I think we should do it in another podcast. And you know what they call that in the radio industry? It's called the tease. <laughs> Once you get you back. Oh, Dan, you're such again. a tease. <laughs> well, hey, folks, thanks for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe and smash that like button. Again, people aren't going to know about the podcast unless faithful listeners like yourselves uh, let them know about it. So please help us out. Also, if you have any questions, queries, conundrums, or quagmires, I don't know what that is, but if you have that, please drop us an email at contact at sanctuarybb.org. We'd love to hear from you and may just read your comments or questions on the air. Join us next week when we will be sampling Elijah Craig Bourbon and discussing the topic, Does God Expect Moral Superiority? As always, please remember that we are not saved because we're eternally faithful to the Savior. We are saved because the Savior is eternally faithful to us.